Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm your host, Greg. As always, I'm here every week, every Tuesday, bringing you my take on whatever news stories that seem to come across my desk that I find interesting. And uh, and today we've got a few. So we're going to be talking about one. We're going to be talking about Anthem. And some people are having issues with their PS4s. So the game is crashing out and some bricking of people's systems. That's not good. In fact, I have to apologize for that because last night on the Dropcast, I said, come on, everybody, you're being you're being outrageous. No one's systems are being bricked, but uh, it is happening <laughs> to a few players, at least. Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, the events that occurred last week, and there's actually an update yesterday. But last week, a PR person from THQ Nordic went on, uh, they, they did an AMA which uh, happens quite often on Reddit and other sites. This one, unfortunately, was hosted on 8chan. And we're going to talk a little bit about what 8chan is, why that was a bad idea, how stupid it was. But we're also going to talk a little bit about how it's not okay to make mistakes anymore, <laughs> apparently, in this world. Uh, then last, uh, then we're going to talk about Dead or Alive 6 and its season pass that cost $93. Yes, you heard that right. And finally, we're going to finish with uh, talking about the reveal of what Sonic the Hedgehog looks like in the new upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie. None of which is at all exciting. <laughs> so uh, so we'll see where this one takes us. Um, it's, it's another cold one here in Wisconsin this week. So yesterday we hit wind chills of like negative 20 again. And then it's supposed to be maybe up to 50 this weekend or something I'm hearing. Like it's going to start melting. It's... it's I don't know what is going on, but uh, it, it is a wild winter. Uh, we've just got dumped on snow, too, like another 10 inches of snow over the last week. And it is it is piling up. And as I get lazier and lazier with my snow plowing, I'm down from two-lane driveway down to one-lane driveway exit. And, uh, you know, if this keeps up, I just won't be able to leave the house. <laughs> um, and then lastly, of course, I have my game of the week picked out. And we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. And, and as always, I uh, I want to do some listener questions. Uh, so I tweeted that out before the podcast. So hopefully by the end, I'll at least have somebody coming in with some sort of question about something. Uh, and again, it doesn't have to be related to the topics today. We just want uh, j- just tweet at me at Game Trade Greg, uh, Greg with two G's at the end. So at Game Trade Greg, you can, you can tweet me what your questions would be, and, and then I'll use them next week. And it can be anything. It can be what's your favorite game. It can be uh, let's talk about you know what's your least favorite boss in Dark Souls. What is uh, you know what's you know how long did it take you to beat Earthbound the first time? It doesn't really matter what the question is. But it, uh, but it can be a question. <clears throat> so just uh, just let me know. Uh, and I, I would love to have at least one question every week just to put out there and, and to uh, and to answer for you all. And it can be a personal question, too. You want to be like, hey, how long have you been married to your wife? Uh, how many games do you have in your video game collection? The such uh, and things like that. So uh, anytime, always welcome to answer or to ask. And I'll, I'll answer what I can. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get too crazy with in-depth details. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll always try to share. And I'd love to t- tell you more about myself and... I'd also like to share my knowledge of things, too. So if there's a news article that you heard about during the week and, and you're thinking to yourself, well, man, I just I wonder what Greg thinks about this, then uh, shoot me a message and uh, I'll tell you what I think. It'll be that easy. Uh, also, if you do it during the week, sometimes you might bring up a story to me that I wasn't even aware of. And so I might be able to bring that up. So uh, we'll talk about it. <clears throat> but uh, let's, let's get this podcast rolling. Uh, we're going to start the topics and we're going to get going. So first on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about Anthem. 
um, which is cool. Uh, Anthem is the latest release by Bioware. It is a, uh, what do they call them, looter shooter? Loot shooter? Shoot shoot loots? Shooting looter looter shoots? And basically, uh, what we're talking about today, unfortunately, is that the PS4 version is having some problems. Some big problems. So, uh, you know, a new game comes out, especially an online one. Look at that Momo statue off the side. God, that thing's creepy. So... Whenever a new game comes along, especially an online game, massively multiplayer online games, um, lots of stuff going on, there's always going to be issues. And Anthem was delayed a bit. I could have seen it being delayed more if they had more time. EA needed this thing out. So uh, as they release it, they are still encountering quite a few bugs and issues. Uh, Jordan and Jeremy, who I also do drop rate with, uh, they talk often about how many quests they get into. They're just bugged and they can't finish them. And all these other issues are having on the PC version. However, we're talking about the PS4 version today, and uh, uh, here is a quote uh, from someone uh, on the on the game subreddit. Uh, here's the exact quote: "Quote when encountering a crash or game error, sometimes I get booted to the main menu or out of the game completely to the PS4 dashboard." End quote. Now that's pretty standard when a game crashes, and I've had other PS4 games crash on me before. That happens, and, and you get crashed out to like the main screen. It'll say something like, "You know, this application had an error, and it kicks you back out." to the home screen. Um, however, uh, there was a user who goes by the username for the masters post on the suburb over the weekend quote, but twice now when trying to match make my PS4 has completely turned off. And then the rest of the thread is filled with other commentators saying the same thing has happened to them on both the standard PS4 and PS4 pro sometimes completely out of the blue. Other times while they're trying to exit the game. The PS4 then treats it as an improper shutoff as if the power cord has been pulled. So, and this is the screen that you get when you get that. So if you ever turned off your PS4, say it was in rest mode, you have the yellow light on. It Rest mode lets you like boot the system faster and lets you charge controllers still. Um, and if you unplug it from that, you get this, hey, you improperly turned off your PS4 last time. We're checking the storage status. It's just checking systems, make sure everything's fine. And that's fine. Uh, and that's what it does. You get this screen you kind of see here. Uh, so what, what is happening is there's not only, there is a crash, which I've never seen this before in all my years of buying these consoles, fixing them and in playing mine and in selling them. I've never seen this before where any game has crashed the system to a complete power down, complete power down, uh, as to where you have to turn the system back on. And the system thinks that you just killed the power. I mean, that's, that, that's. That's kind of crazy. I'm going to be honest. Like for software to be able to completely destroy your system in so much so that the system thinks it had such a critical failure that it needs to cut power. That is wild. Um, so uh, there are several reports in the game's official forums of this happening as well. Quote, the console powers down and will not power on using the normal method of pressing the PS4 button on the controller. Uh, that is another thing that uh, after it has an issue like that, a lot of times like this, the controller desyncs. And so you can't turn on that way. Like you have to either plug it in with the controller or you just have to hit the power button. Uh, it says it's it is the same as if someone pulled the plug without properly shutting the hardware down or if the power went out in the house. Sometimes the button on the front of the console works. Other times I have to unplug the console and plug it back in <laughs> End quote. Uh, neither Sony nor EA immediately responded to a request, a request for comment. Uh, the story goes on to say as any PS4 user who's occasionally unplugged their console forgetting it was in rest mode knows the PS4 does not like this and displays a warning saying to never do it again when it happens it then goes through a short process of checking the internal database for any issues before turning off 
turning back off again and then restarting as normal. The PS4 will then display the error code CE36329-3 if there was a problem with the console software. So real quick, I'm going to jump in. This is something I actually have dealt with a lot at my store was people will come in and say that because when you turn the system on after it's been turned off improperly, sometimes during that process, it'll actually mess up. Sometimes it's during an update. So there's a firmware issue. Something something gets messed up software side is something in the BIOS or something. And so you you actually they want you to reinstall the firmware off of a flash drive. So you have to start the system into safe mode. And I've tried that, and, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it, it doesn't even see the update, even though I've got it properly in the folders and, and the right format and everything. And sometimes it sees it, checks it, says, okay, we got the update, we're going to start updating. It starts doing the update process, and then it says update failed. A lot of different things. Usually initializing the system will fix it and get you out of that. Like It's stuck in like a software loop or something. Like The system keeps – it's triggered saying – it's broken. Well, it's not actually broken. It just doesn't know how to say and feel unbroken. So initializing it essentially resets it and then it no longer feels broken. But that sucks because initializing, of course, wipes your hard drive free. And if you've got plus and you've got cloud gaming, a cloud storage for your uh, file saves, you're fine. But obviously, if you've installed like 100 games and and they're all, yeah, it, it could be a mess and it could be a long, it, it could be a lot of time and, and stuff lost. But, uh, you know, it is uh, unfortunately just kind of how that process works. So it goes on to say there's even one player that says the game bricked their console. Quote, PSA to any Anthem players on PlayStation that experience complete shutdowns of their consoles. Stop playing. User the Mad Titan Gauntlet posted on Reddit last night. My PlayStation has been completely bricked to the point of not even turning on because of Anthem. They said they really liked the game despite all the issues and just wanted to warn other players about the potential danger of their consoles. In a follow-up email to Kotaku, the person said they were playing on the Call of Duty World War II limited edition PS4, which came out only a year and a half ago. So, I mean, now, can you start worrying about it bricking consoles after one person has it happen? Uh, kind of a stretch. Um, there's a lot of things that could have been going on. Like it could have shut off, and then when it shut off, there could have been a little bit of a power surge or something. Like it, you don't, you don't know, you don't know. Just saying. Um, but this this uh, Reddit thread has 3.5 thousand upvotes. Uh, this is in the Anthem subreddit. <laughs> and uh, edit. I know some people want to be mad and upset. But I want this to be as civil as possible. Coming to Reddit to vent my frustration and anger isn't going to help my cause. It could be a massive coincidence that I was playing Anthem exclusively before this happened. So he's even admitting that. He's only playing Anthem, so it could have died during any game. Uh, The first user, my PS4 just hard shut down while playing Anthem. Then I saw this post. It then had issues restarting. Come on briefly, then shut down a couple times. Um, He was alone in a dungeon in free play when the game froze on the PS4 shutdown. Uh... Yeah, that really sucks. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's. It's really disappointing because Anthem's already having a little bit of trouble out the gate, and it's funny because you know, and this isn't a, a dig on him. Jordan is is playing a ton of it. Jeremy and Jordan are both playing a ton of it. Jordan likes the game and he says he likes it, but he can't in good conscience recommend it to anyone. That's how he feels, and and uh, he's very honest about that. That he understands why. All the criticisms he says people have it are totally fair, but it sucked him in, so he likes it. Obviously, he's playing on PC, which seems to have the least amount of issues. Um, I have not heard anything about Xbox One, so that is apparently seems to be okay from issues as well. But the PS4 one, this this is a whew, this is a doozy. I mean, turning off someone's system is a whole new level. Now, bricking it, I mean, I'm still not convinced. We have one person saying that it was bricked. Um, 
And uh, and so I can't really say that it's bricking systems when one person had a bricked console after it shut down. Um, but uh, it's definitely crashing, and it's crashing for a lot of people, and it's crashing to powering off for a lot of people. So EA Help did tweet out yesterday, after, yesterday early evening, 5.29 p.m. We're aware of a crashing issue some of you have been reporting reporting for Anthem. We're investigating and ask that you share your crash data reports when prompted. If you have, we'll be reaching out to gather info. If not, please reply to this thread on Answers HQ. Let's see what this says. Let's go, let's go dig down the EA uh, thread. See what we can find. If it feels like loading. We just got a white screen. Here we go. Okay, so uh, here's the post. Hey, freelancers, we're currently in the process of gathering information about the PS4 issue so we can determine the root cause. If you're experiencing hard crashes of your console, please reply with the following information. So ask your PSN and like when did the crash take place, other stuff like that. They're obviously trying to build a case to understand what's happening. So clearly they had no idea anything like this was possible. Nothing happening in, internally. Um, hi, this crash happens at any time slash activity done on Anthem only. I run a PS4 Pro with HDR active. So my PS4 suddenly turns off with the blue light. After that, I press the power button. And the first thing, it does nothing. When I hit the power button a second time, then my PS4 starts in a black screen prompt saying there's a memory error and they need to repair. It takes a moment. After that, the PS4 starts and asks me to send the error report. And I do it each time Anthem makes my PS4 crash. It has happened to me nine times from the 22nd of February until the 4th of March. So that's basically once a day <laughs> that, that his crashes. Uh, and then he includes his PSN. Um, I have the standard PS4, which crashed after I got an error within the Anthem game. No steps needed to reboot PS4 other than pressing the button to turn on and the routine database check it performs after a hard crash. Only happened one time. Okay, so, there, you know, there's again, it's, it, it's not everyone. It's limited, and it's across all hardware SKUs. So it's PS4s, PS4 Slims, PS4 Pros. It seems to be across every PlayStation 4 system. So very curious to see how this all gets sorted out. And and unfortunate. I mean, nobody. Uh, this no. This doesn't make anyone happy. You know, like like this really sucks. And I hope that uh, I hope they can get it uh, figured out. Obviously, um, but Anthem is struggling a little bit with players, and it, it's falling into the trap that most of those loot shooters do which is you have a ton of content up front, then you have no content later on until they do their next update, content update, which I believe Bioware has promised that these updates are going to come a little faster than they did with like Destiny, where it was like one every six, where it's like a big one every six, every like every year. Um, but we will see. And, and so hopefully what I would recommend, if you're not super hooked on the game and it's not the only game you have, maybe just give it a rest for a little bit until they patch it and figure it out. You might just want to give it a rest. You, you don't want to risk the chance of your PlayStation bricking, I don't think it's very likely, but it is uh, happening to at least one person out there. So next up on the podcast, this is a tough one to talk about um, because it, it involves some really stupid stuff and, and some really and some really um, stupid behavior by an individual. But also, uh, I might take it somewhere where people don't think, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, personal responsibility and and how far I think that goes. So, the the story, this is from last week, actually. This actually happened right after I reported, recorded the podcast this week, but we had an update this week, so that was nice. So here's the story, as it is on Polygon, uh, written by Allegra Frank, <clears throat> February 26th. Publisher THQ Nordic conducted an Ask Me Anything AMA session on 8chan, the infamous message board that's a hotbed for harassment, racism, child pornography, and other hateful content. That attempt at promotion prompted widespread backlash after responding to a number of provocative and disturbing questions the company issued apology from THQ Nordic Twitter account. And then earlier today, the company tweeted from its official account... 
Uh, so this is this is again the story from last week. Earlier today, the company tweeted from its official account that it was, and this is the tweet, doing an 8chan AMA, and we have no idea why. Come join us, end quote. The AMA was set to kick off at 12.30 Eastern on the site's video game board with PR and marketing director Philip Brock and business and product development director Reinhard Paulus answering users' question. Uh, the announcement immediately prompted backlash from Twitter users and Game Industries members aware of 8chan's history of hosting child pornography, racism, and other explicit posts. 8chan was popularized after 4chan's moderators began cracking down on Gamergate discussions on its image boards at the end of 2014. Um, goes on to say, during the AMA, Brock and Paulus interacted with numerous HN users who solicited opinions on salacious drawings, including several pieces of art that skirt the line of child pornography. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about this and, and, and to, before we crack into it too much, we have to understand, you have to understand what 8chan is. And, and so I'm going to try to give you like what it actually is and then what it is viewed as and what it has kind of become. So 8chan, uh, as stated in this article earlier, 8chan was, uh, did not originally begin. It was not designed to be a site for the most deplorable things on the internet. Uh, it was broken off, um, and, and created because, uh, a certain user felt that Certain sites, like there were forum sites like Reddit and 4chan and other ones, were limiting the ability to do free speech on the internet. They they really felt like if you want to have an open and free internet, you have to allow everything. That was their view. Now again, if you believe that or not, that's up to you. Uh, but I'm just saying that's what the idea was that formed 8chan. That was like that was the, you know, or in, infinite chan, infinity chan. That's that's basically what the idea was. Was that it, they wanted it to be free. Now, the only flaw in that logic is that if you have a bunch of sites that are really popular but start banning stuff that they feel is not good, and then you make a site that's open to everyone, typically what you're going to get on that site is all the people that were banned from all the other sites. And and unfortunately, that's what 8chan became. Now, 8chan is a anonymous message board. So you it's it's a lot like Reddit where there's a, there's a board you make or it's a subreddit, whatever, same kind of idea. And you have your forum that you create and you control all the content on it with very little to any moderation on it at all. So if I wanted to make like a post about, you know, any game that I love, I could do that there. And this is like, hey, this is mine. I can post on here. I can post, uh, you know, all the Metal Gear fan art I want here because it's my Metal Gear fan art forum. And then no no moderator could come in and say, oh, that you can't post that, or that's not good enough, or that's uh, boring, or that's stupid. It's mine. I can do whatever I want. And I believe people join it very similar to Reddit, and then they can post. And I get to control what they want, what they can do, but I don't get head of what above me, you know, in my little, it's like my little corner of the internet. Now, again, unfortunately, when you have that level of freedom, and no other sites are offering that freedom to certain, what you would, um, you know, just like horrible sort of, um, categories and behaviors then yes that's where everyone's gonna go okay so so 8chan is full chock full of terrible horrible people spreading terrible hateful horrible things and that's fine and i'm not saying everybody on there is i'm sure there's a whole bunch of like wholesome boards and and, and appropriate boards but unfortunately because of its aspect to total freedom and no moderation it has a lot of stuff has seeped into it um, and, and what do you do? I mean, then what if they start censoring people, then someone's going to spin off and make 20 Chan and then 20 Chan will be where everyone goes for all that sort of stuff. Um, it's even gone as far as to be like, uh, 
like de-indexed by Google. <laughs> so you can still find the website, of course, but like no searches that just like it won't it won't search that website for your searches. So if you search for something, it's it's not going to show you, oh, on 8chan, here's an article about it. But if you search for like 8chan website, it will bring that up because it's, you know, but it's not going to index a site and like look through it for you. Okay, so that's what 8chan is. And, that, and that's when we're talking about the story and we're talking about. So then you think to yourself, okay, well, who would post an AMA on this site then? Because me, somebody who's not super familiar with 8chan, just, you know, someone who can browse the internet for five minutes and, and figure out what it is and who, who's had a very minimal experience with it. Well, I know exactly what it is, <laughs> and I know that the negative ramifications of using such a site would be for a company's public image. So, okay. <laughs> so, so the tweet and the initial tweet um, really shows everything because it straight up says, quote, doing an 8chan AMA, and we have no idea why. Come join us. Now, the implication there is that they know that it's full of bad stuff. Because they're saying, we don't know why we're doing an 8chan AMA. Why would we? We could do a Reddit AMA. We could do a 4chan AMA. We could do a Twitter AMA. We could do anything. But we chose 8chan. Okay. You know, that's their decision. I mean, it's that company's prerogative if they want to do such things. Um, <laughs> again, why would you make that decision? Couldn't tell you. It's not very smart. I will say that. It's not very smart at all. But... <laughs> At what point is making a mistake and apologizing and trying to learn and grow not good enough? So now I want to give some of the examples because part of the argument that people have when they want to say that this apology is not sincere, that there's all this backlash that these apologies are not sincere. And you're like, okay, well, how do you know that? He was a Twitter, it was a Twitter apology. You know, how do you know that this person doesn't feel bad? Do you know Brock and Paulus? Like, do you know them personally? Do you know them to be like horrible, racist, um, child molesters? Like, do you know that? I mean, is that, is, you know, is that a thing that you know? And if it is, please, the proof would be great because then we can all agree that they did this with, uh, with, uh, something in, in, in their, their heads, something negative automatically. However, <laughs> I believe this to be one of the dumbest, most genuinely stupid mistakes a marketing person's ever made. Now, I want to give you some of the examples because part of the argument that people that are upset with the apology are making is that how can you be sorry when you are interacting with these people? Um, so first of all, there's a picture of the video games, uh, like, uh, board the video games board which is like the subreddit or whatever you call it, the video games board and this is what the subtitle of it is it's it's back it's a slash v slash video games and it says winner of the 16 60 nerd 69th it'd be 69th but 60 nerd like 63rd but 69th attention hungry games slash trap shotta slash lollies with a few extra inches it's that's really not a great look if you're trying to give your um, if you're trying to give your 8chan board like some credibility and be talking about video games. That's not a great look. And, you know, that's not there's no credibility there. Something that a simple Google search uh, would have found or a simple site analysis uh, of this site before you did an AMA on it would have found. Um, so here are some of the examples. Uh, anonymous user asked, 
where the big titty lollies at if and if you don't know i don't even like saying this because it's just gross lollies are like young women girls okay you know lolitas it's mm, mm. anyway that's what it is where are the big titty lollies at attached to a drawing of two blushing girls whose breasts are cupped by a buff guy behind them now brock one of the thq nordic pr people replied you got them already we'd say in reference to his picture so i guess what i would say is that's another stupid pr mistake why would you reply to people that you find are doing inappropriate comments just just ignore it you have to ignore it if people have genuine questions about your game or they have questions about your company like answer them ignore the people that are clearly trolling ignore the people that are trying to uh, uh, incite a reaction out of you that just seems like basic stuff like if you're a pr person you need to understand how these things work especially on the internet like this like how do you not know how the internet works and how people on the internet operate to poke at you to get to you um so this is the uh they try now brock and paulus tried to explain their thinking behind the ama in another tweet this was the tweet, quote, the opportunity was here and we took it. We got approached in a very friendly and polite manner and were assured said person, shout out to Mark, will take care of the nasty stuff. So here we are. So that was the quote. That was the tweet that they quote out later saying, well, we got approached by this Mark guy and he said he would take care of the bad stuff. Again, implying that they knew there was bad stuff on this site and they knew that like I would argue that the problem with the Internet and the toxicity that exists is because of the um anonymous nature of everything essentially saying things without consequences and so when you have a board like this that's even like a whole new level of of and depth of being anonymous on the internet you're going to get like a new level of horrible things and so again they should have known that but they didn't but they knew they they obviously had a concern or something because they must have brought up to market said i don't know man doesn't a chan full of garbage and then this mark guy was like no, no no i'll take care of the nasty stuff just just bring it on Okay, so that's fine, <laughs> except that, again, you can't come out and say, I had no idea. Uh, and so now we scroll down because this and this is where it's okay for people that were criticizing the apology. I'm getting to that part. Quote, I personally agreed to this AMA without doing my proper due diligence to understand the history and the controversy of the site. I do not condone child pornography, white supremacy or racism in any shape or form. I'm very, I'm terribly sorry for the short sightedness of my decision and promise to be far more vigorous in my assessment of these activities in the future. This was not about being edgy. This blew up and I very much regret to have done it in the first place. End quote. Uh, and apparently in an email follow-up to Polygon, Brock added, quote, this was my idea alone. I was pretty much overwhelmed by the time the, fit, the Twitter feed started to blow up and I was kind of busy sending emails and making calls. Hence, the other guys stayed in the thread to answer the questions that came in where we focus 95% on the gaming-related questions, end quote. Uh, and again, he goes on to say, the apology hasn't satisfied many of the critics who questioned THQ Nordic's decisions to host an AMA on 8chan. Uh, Googling the site's name, for example, immediately highlights its history with child pornography as well as connections to Gamergate, swatting attempts, and the alt-right. So, yes, it, it's it's no question that this is a hotbed for, um, for, for bad things, you know, but again, it is a it is a site with boards that are moderated by people people allow those things on there so i think the idea to cast a wide net in your marketing is is not always a bad thing but this was clearly a misstep i'm not going to deny that this this was a monumental screw up uh bad pr through and through terrible terrible 
Now, the other side I want to talk about, though, and I get it. I get why people are saying, you know, hey, man, you're trying to act like you didn't know, but you said, one, he'd take care of the bad stuff, and two, you even said it in the initial post, like, we don't know why we're doing this, but we're doing it. Like, it's, you wouldn't go on Reddit and say, we're doing a Reddit AMA, and we don't know why. Like, yeah, you do. You're, you know, like, Reddit doesn't have any sort of negative connotation along with it. So, so you knew. He would have been better to come out and say, you know what, we were trying to reach um, as many people as we can with our message. And I shouldn't have used that site because of the bad things that happened on there, but we thought because it was video games, it'd be okay. Because that's probably what they thought. They probably thought the video game one wouldn't have those people in it. I don't know why you would think that. Nothing that you read on Twitter or that you've seen on the internet would give you that understanding. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all would give you that understanding. Video games, and I say this as somebody who's very deep in the, uh, you know, like I, I'm a very big part of the industry uh, in everything I do. I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm a big shot. I don't mean like that. I mean, like I play games. It's my main hobby. I record a gaming podcast. I do YouTube videos and I sell used games and I repair video game systems and such. So I, I, you know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I, I know a lot about the industry and game, video games does attract a certain subset of society that is prone to anti-socialism is prone to um um and, I, and i'm not saying this about everybody obviously no blanket statements here but you see it like you see people with mental health issues uh, a lot of stuff and you see a lot of people and they're they're drawn to video games as a hobby as an, it's an escape for a lot of people and, and, and a healthy one and good thing for the majority of people but it does attract a certain type of person and a type of personality and so to think that going to a site that's known for this sort of bad stuff that you'd be safe in the video games board is very very short-sighted and again terrible not saying he sh that he didn't do anything wrong i'm not saying that at all so please like before you thumbs down this video for what i say next like please just like think where i'm thinking for a second because my next point is this guy made a monumental mistake okay no problem. Made a monumental mistake. Should he be fired for it? Because that's what everyone's calling for. And the follow-up to this story. Uh, so I want to I want to do this real quick. So the THQ Nordic CEO apologizes for the company's 8chan event. So this is uh let's see this is uh Lars Wingfors. He's Swiss, I think. Uh, anyway, uh, here's the statement in full. Quote, this letter is to offer my sincerest apologies and regret for THQ Nordic GmbH Vienna's interaction with the controversial website 8chan last Tuesday, February 26. I condemn all unethical content this website stands for. Even if no one within the, comp uh, within the THQ Nordic group would ever endorse such content, I realize simply appearing there gave an implicit impression that we did. As co-founder and group CEO of THQ Nordic AB, I take full responsibility for all of THQ Nordic GmbH's actions and communications. I've spent the past several days conducting an internal investigation into the matter. I assure you that every member of the organization has learned from this past week's events. I take this matter very seriously, and we will take the appropriate action to make sure we have the right policies and systems in place to avoid similar mistakes in the future. As a Swedish-based, fast-growing group, we firmly support equality and diversity. We are also working actively to combat discrimination, harassment, and misconduct. We are already in the process of developing new work processes based on the United Nations SDGs and using the GRI standards, and we will accelerate this work going forward. Lars Wingfors, co-founder and group CEO, THQ Nordic AB, end quote. So that's a statement. Is that corporate speak? Yes. But again... 
that's what corporate guys do and corporate gals do is they have corporate speak when they're in a uh, in a in a in a real pickle, <laughs> which is what they got put into. So now the reason I brought this up was because uh, I have to let's see here. I want to say okay. So I'm reading this uh, this tweet. So uh, Patrick Klepek, he's from Vice, um, or from Waypoint, excuse me. You know, whatever, same thing. Uh, Waypoint. Someone replied to him because uh, this is what he said. He said, I'm not ready to let this go, and you shouldn't be either. This wasn't an ordinary mistake, and it requires more than an ordinary boilerplate apology meant to generate friendly headlines while the news cycle inevitably advances. So, well, one, the problem I have with that is they came out a week later and said it. So it's not like this guy came out the day after and was hoping he'd be gone. Essentially, by this apology coming out, it pushed the narrative forward that they were still talking about it. So, okay, so it's not like he's trying to hide it. They're the ones who came out with the statement a week later. So I wanted to, uh, someone on Twitter, though, said, I want to read this. So his name was Jason, and he said, I'm on the internet a lot and have never heard of 8chan before this event. Why do we have to assume the worst intentions of THQ Nordic? It is definitely bad that due diligence was not done before the AMA, but why do we have to assume malice and not just incompetence? That's a pretty reasonable thought, you know? Like, like that's kind of where my head's at, you know? I'm like, you know, why is the assumption that this was all done on purpose to give, you know, the, 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 people, that, uh, the people that shouldn't have a voice with their horrible things to have a voice? To which Patrick Klebeck actually replied, in this case, incompetence is malice, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, 8chan is not just a random internet website, and you are not a chief marketing person for a major company who represents thousands of employees. So, I don't understand. Incompetence is malice. Uh, that really bugged me when I read that and, and I know, you know, he's an industry guy, man. He's, he's a game journalist. Like he's a journalist. Like, okay, he, he's, he knows this industry. I just think that that line is complete garbage. I, I don't understand. Incompetence is malice. Okay. Incompetence is incompetence. I think you have to look at the intent and intention of everything before you just like destroy someone's career. And I'm sorry, you know, it, and, and you're going to have an article and, and this is what I was getting to this whole time. If you're going to have an article condemning telltale for closing down and firing a bunch of employees activision firing a bunch of employees and other company and job loss and just job loss in the industry in general and then you're gonna like clamor for this person to get fired i just don't i don't understand that and i understand they're different situations people being let go versus somebody doing something stupid and getting fired but okay let's talk about incompetence so let's say let, let's give a, a fair equal kind of example so let's say you're working for God, I don't even know how to get in the same thing. Like, let's say you're working at, at, a, at a cheese factory, okay? And and so you you mess up and you drop your plastic glove into the cheese vat. And they have to get rid of that entire thing of cheese. And you cost the company a bunch of money. It's incompetence. You didn't mean to do that. Should you get fired for that? I mean, I don't think so. I think it's okay to make mistakes. Now, again, before everyone, like, murders me, over this and just destroys my my uh, my thumbs up and thumbs down here. I understand that going into this, they knew about the website. So maybe you could argue that it's the cheesemaker knew that if his glove fell in, he'd get in a lot of trouble. But he also knew that if he 
didn't swap out his gloves, he could get the job done faster. He thought he'd be helping the company by doing something that ended up hurting the company. He didn't go to 8chan for himself. He went to 8chan thinking he could reach a broader audience, that uh, that maybe he could generate some headlines by, uh, you know, and, and I don't think he was trying to be edgy in the sense where he was trying to get everyone to hate him for going to 8chan, but I think he was trying to, he was trying to say like, almost like in the way Devolver does it, like, like we're just, we're, we're anti, you know, we're not going to do what you tell us to do. We're just going to do our thing. And so like, that's another thing I have to question with Devolver's attitude and how they are. I wonder how people would react if Devolver had done an AMA on 8chan. I don't know. I don't know. And again, I can't stress this enough. It was really stupid. Okay. I'm the first one to say that this is a bad PR move is a bad look. It's really stupid. But does this person deserve to lose their job over it? Why is his apology not enough for saying, you know what? I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is really stupid. I was, I was trying to, you know, and maybe if he had been more honest about it, that would make people happy. Right. And said, you know what? I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, reach all the video game threads I could, even in sites like that. And, you know, I shouldn't have done it because on that site, they talk a lot about a lot of bad stuff. This guy assured me there would be no bad stuff. I still did it. I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. It was stupid. Maybe that would have helped, but I don't think so. Like we're in this weird sort of like no apology is ever good enough. No, no, you know, no, no accountability is ever good enough. And everyone always assumes that you're not taking accountability. And it goes back to what I said right when I started the video, like when, like when is enough enough and how do you know what his intentions were? We have to talk about intentions. I feel now one of my favorite sayings of all time is, and I use this often, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. (laughs) So a good intention doesn't always mean that it's okay what was done. And good intentions are not an, are not a uh, an excuse. And, and they are not an automatic get-out-of-jail-free card. But I think you have to look at that before you try to destroy someone's entire career. And I mean, it just seems crazy to me. Like, like the people that are always calling for someone to get fired over something. It just seems so strange to me. And I think that's different than, than calling a company that advertises on something you don't like and saying, you know what, I'm not going to buy your product if you support this person because I don't like this person. That's different than going to the person who's making the negative comments and being like, you should be fired. You know, like it just, it just, I don't know, like where we get to that point, right? Like what's ever good enough? And you look down here and, uh, and, and basically people are saying, you know what, I won't, I won't accept the apology of Lars Wingfors until that person's fired. Like what is that person getting fired what does that do for you? Like, what is so important about him being fired to make your life better? And I guess the only argument I could come when I thought of this question was, the only argument I could think of was that you're no longer giving, because they don't want to give a platform at all to speak with people who have hate and do and, and are like de- deplorable, horrible things like on that site. And so they don't even want to give, they want them to fade away. Like they, they feel like the, you know, plug your ears, close your eyes, pretend they're not there and they'll eventually go away. That's like the strategy here. So they don't want news articles talking about it, which, well, 8chan just got discovered by thousands to maybe tens to hundreds of thousands of new people because of these articles, but that's okay. You know, you're trying to like make them go away by ignoring them and you, and you act like a company can't use them without automatically accepting their views. I I don't know. I I don't buy that either. You know, I I don't see how you can't separate the message they were trying to send. Um, And again, should they have replied to those people doing stupid stuff like that? No, no, they shouldn't have like that. That's a bad look. The person did a bad job and he was incompetent in his job in making that studio a positive 
PR face in 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 regards to that. She loses his job over it. I mean, that's not up to us to decide. That's up to his people. Like that's up to the company to say, you know what, you cost us X amount of dollars. We gotta let you go. But for like, I don't know, like for fans and for game journalists to call on this person to get terminated because he did a stupid thing. I mean, it's not like what he's not like he went there and started participating in anti-Semitic, racist, uh, homophobic uh, content. Like, like the examples they have of him interacting with the crowd was basically what equates to somebody who doesn't know how to react to a question being like, uh, yeah. Oh, you showed me a picture of like anime girls. Uh, yeah, it looks like you got that already. Uh, you know, um, and I know there was one comment. Actually, I do need to bring this up because I got to get the actual context of this. There was something about, um, let's see. I want to see if I can find it. Cause it was basically about something about like SJ, please don't put SJWs in your game or something. And, uh, let's see if I can find it down here. Uh, oh man, I thought I had it. I guess not. Yeah. Until Mr. <laughs> until Philip rocks off a job, their apologies not accepted. Okay. Um, an apology shouldn't cut it. What the hell is they supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, I don't understand that. Um, it, <laughs> I don't know. It, it just, I don't know. These are the same people, you know, it's, it's just frustrating to me, um, that, that there's a hypocrisy there, but, and I can't find it. But anyway, it was something like along the lines of, please don't put a bunch of SJWs in your game, which is just a stupid comment anyway. And then, uh, it was replied to as something along the lines of, uh, something about like, Oh, one of our games, or we, we try not to do anything like that. Like, I don't know if they were trying to say, like, we try not to pigeonhole that stuff in there. Like we don't just automatically insert it, that they just make characters that are the characters. They don't try to force an agenda. But again, you know, whatever, I don't know. So anyway, that's the story. I know I'm going to get blasted for this and the opinion on this. And I just don't feel like someone's career should be destroyed over a stupid mistake. The intention wasn't ill, but he needs to come out, I think, be a little more sincere about it, which is basically saying like, okay, I knew 8chan was a dump, but I thought I could help the company by reaching out to the people in that dump. And it blew up. And it did. It was a mistake. It was a stupid mistake. I don't think anyone's ever going to argue that. But my goodness, like to destroy someone's career over that, uh, I, I have a hard time getting there from here. It's not like he himself uh, was racist, sexist. And, you know, I, I just I'm not feeling it. And the and the forum posts or the, the posts that he responded to, I don't even feel like they were participating in the discussion. I feel like, yeah, I would have ignored those people. I never would have even given them the, the, the platform. But, you know. I don't know. And of course, Mark clearly did not do his job and keep the bad stuff out. So I wonder if there's going to be any issues there, but clearly no one from THQ or anyone will ever do anything on 8chan ever again, which sucks because I have a feeling whoever this Mark person was probably was trying to bring some legitimacy to their board. Like, Hey, we can have someone from THQ come on to 8chan and like, I set this up, you know, it's really cool. And then it's a cluster mess and it's all done. So uh, unfortunately we have to move on. Don't want to talk about this anymore, but I just feel like we're too quick now to to demonize and call for everyone's like firing over things that are are honest, simple mistakes. You know, I mean, if he kills someone, that wasn't a mistake. I mean, you know, it's different. It's different when you make a mistake. Like a, sometimes an apology has to be enough, and we have to be able to accept that apology, and then hold them accountable to that apology, right? So so accept the apology. And then say, but this, we're going to watch you though. And you need to be honest with the things you say. And if you say this will never happen again, 
you best believe you're, we're going to put you on notice if we see you also doing more edgy, trying to, to promote in these sort of ways. And so uh, that I, I think we need to be more accepting. We need, to we need to be able to accept an apology. And we're so quick to be like, no, it's not enough. Apology's not enough. What would be enough? THQ should shut down? Like, what is enough? Will, if you fire, if you fire the first guy, fire Brock, is that enough? Or do you have to fire the second guy too? And if you fire both of them, is that enough? If you hire a guy to replace them, is is that not is that not enough? Like what's what's enough? If you have to hire um, you know, outside of the the range of of uh like do you have to hire uh, somebody who's already been in PR or do you have to hire a new person? Like what what is when when is it enough? You know, when is when is enough enough when it comes to an apology? Oh, man, that one really frustrates me a lot because my opinion, I think, is pretty uh, is pretty in the dark on that one. I don't think most people would agree with me on that, like especially people on Twitter. Um, but it just seems like that's the normal response to me. You know, the normal response is, why are we calling people to get fired? Now, if that person came out and was terrible, I'd be like, yeah, fire his ass. Like, but I don't get that impression at all. They apologize quickly. They made a mistake. Like, you know, should the CEO step down because this marketing guy was stupid and made a mistake? Sure, why not? So next on the podcast, though, we're going to talk about Dead or Alive 6 and their $93 season pass. What in the hell is happening to the hobby I love? My God. So this news broke last week. Dead or Alive 6 is a fighting game like Tekken, Mortal Kombat. Um, I love Dead or Alive 2 on the Dreamcast. It's one of my favorite fighting games. Didn't really stick with it after that. I was always more of a Tekken guy, and Tekken on PS2 was just the far superior fighter. So I've stuck with Tekken ever since. We have a $60 game. Okay, 60 bucks for a full-fledged game with X amount of fighters. I don't even know how many people are in here. Um, and then you have a season pass, which many companies do. You know, it's uh, $20 for a season pass of maps here, tw uh, $20 for the next five, four or five fighters on Dragon Ball Fighters. It happens, okay. Or if you're Tecmo, you release a $93 season pass, which will give you access to the following 62 new costumes, not players, costumes, 62 new costumes. And two new characters as they release between now and June. What in the hell is wrong with this? Mark, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this doesn't even make sense to me. The game is 60 bucks. Why would the season pass be 93? Unless it's some sort of mistake and the game and season pass together is 93. Still out of bounds price wise. Season passes shouldn't be $33. But it doesn't seem to be. It seems to be that the season pass alone is this price. Why? I can't. I can't. I can't wrap my head around that. I just can't. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. And you can compare it to other things like Dragon Ball Fighters had a roster of like I don't know nine fighters or something at launch. Terrible. Has a season pass for twenty bucks. I think they released four fighters under that season pass. Might be a few more. Might be a few less. I think it was four. And that was $20 for four fighters. This is $93 for two fighters and 62 costumes. Who cares about costumes? Tekken has a million different customizable options built into the game. You can make any costume you want. 
Why do you need 62 costumes? Is that like two costumes for every fighter? Three costumes for every fighter, probably. I don't know. How many fighters are in Dead or Alive? Probably not very many. And the, so, so then you look at that, and if that's accurate, which, again, I still wonder if it's going to come out that that's the game and season pass together. But I don't know. Maybe not, actually, because it says here, Fighting Game Dead or Alive 6 came out earlier this week, and you can now buy its first season pass. <laughs> it's crazy here. Uh, let's see if we can find out what's on. Okay, so yeah, it's on Steam. The DOA six season pass one. Ninety two ninety nine. That is the price. Ninety two ninety nine. Um It's got forty one positive reviews. It's interesting. Who's buying this crap? Forty one people bought this? Why? Hmm. <laughs> this person's comment. Based on the backlash on the main game page, the reviews should be mixed. Alas, this isn't my problem. I'm simple. I look at the contents of the season pass. I like what I see. I buy the pass. If you don't like what you see, don't get the pass. The characters and outfits will be available to purchase separately. If you like everything you see, you'll be saving money with the pass. <laughs> man, some people, man, got a lot of money to blow, I guess, on really stupid stuff. Um, oh, my goodness. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Uh, that is something. It, that's legit $93 for... And it's not even for all the content that will release in the game throughout the life of the game. It's only for everything now through June. That's three months. And then are they going to do a season pass too? And here's the thing. If this was Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, you, could, you might be able to get away with this. Maybe. Who the hell is still playing Dead or Alive <laughs> like this much on a competitive level? That, that, like, are your fans this loyal to your franchise that they're willing to go to town for you for $93 in addition to the 60 you already paid for the game? Oh, my bad. The game's 10% off. It's only fifty three ninety nine. So for a grand total of, uh, my math sucks, basically $145 or whatever, it could be all yours. All the game has to offer until June <laughs> can be all yours. So dumb. This game, Dead or Alive 6, Dead or Alive as a fighting game has been dropping in popularity. So why would you do something like this that's anti-consumer? You'd think you'd want to do something like, why didn't they make Dead or Alive 6 free with half the fighters unavailable and then you buy the fighters a la carte? You know? It's just weird. This is really weird. Okay, so the reviews on Dead or Alive 6 are mixed. Um... Oh, man, it's a lot of thumbs down, though. <laughs> um, update. Team Ninja has addressed the low costume piece problem by multiplying the pieces earned by 100 and making them character-specific. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. But in any case, uh, it, that's the price. So if you like Dead or Alive, I guess uh, if you want everything, you have to you have to get just rimmed by these guys. This is so, so annoying. This is so frustrating. Um, but this is our this is our world, you know. And and I was upset when Tekken announced that they were gonna have two new characters, and I think Julia was eight dollars, and Negan was ten dollars, or ten dollars, or eight dollars for Negan, and five dollars for Julia, or whatever it was gonna be. And then those two fighters for about twenty fifteen to twenty bucks. This is two fighters in sixty two costumes for ninety three dollars. Like sweet Jesus, what is happening in the world today? Uh, and then lastly, uh, on the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the new look for Sonic. And I know if you're listening to this, this won't be a YouTube video, I don't think. It's going to be really short and sweet. Or short and not sweet. It's going to be short, for sure. Sonic the Hedgehog movie design. 
came out yesterday and it looks like just straight trash. I'm sorry. I can't even, I can't even be nice about this. Um, but I will have one positive thing to say when it's all done, but it looks like complete garbage. It's terrible trash. Um, it seems like they're going for an, a realistic look as if Sonic existed in the real world, which I'm pretty sure that's what the movie is implying that like Sonic exists in the real world. But I don't know why we can't have like a Roger Rabbit type situation, right? Have the real actors and just have cartoons or, or have like a, like, like a Pixar doing these amazing 3d simple looking 3d characters. Why can't we do that? Like instead we have a CG creature that's got like realistically rendered fur. And of course he's wearing red Nikes. Cause I'll bet you'll be able to buy those later. Red Nikes. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's, um, it's, it's a, um, it's a cry to the furries of the world saying here, look at this. You can cosplay as this and it won't be that hard. He's buff. He's, he's handsome. He's, he's attractive. He's a furry. Um, but what <laughs> the one thing I have to say about this though, is that this isn't our Sonic. And this is just like when they did Transformers or they do the new Turtles designs or they do something like that or they do whatever from our childhood. It's not for us. It's for a new generation. It's for a new generation that may not have played the Sega Genesis Sonic games. They may have only played the more latest 3D Sonic games, which also don't look bad like this, but it's whatever. It's just not our Sonic. And that makes me sad because, you know, I think it's cool that an item can pass through the generations though. I think it's great that Sonic can be from my generation growing up can be from a five-year-old can watch this movie and then be his generation growing up. But why does it have to be different? I don't understand that. Like, why does it have to be different? Wouldn't you want it to be similar to your older stuff so that maybe you could sell old DVDs of the Sonic cartoons again or something? I don't, I don't know why they always try to be so edgy and redrawn and recool and, and updated for the modern it doesn't need to be. In fact, Sonic showed up in Ready Player One looking normal and fine. I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. And you look at something like Sonic Boom did these very weird, exaggerated looking characters. A lot of people didn't like that. How can none of that be taken into account? Now, again, it's the movie industry. And the movie industry doesn't work directly with the video game industry when making a movie like this. You know, Pokemon did something similar with, like, Detective Pikachu looks like it's going to have, you know, Pikachu's going to have fur but they didn't make it look so different from how Pikachu looks. In fact, Pikachu looks great. And then all the other Pokemon looked great. It looked like real world versions of them. This looks like a real world version of Sonic that was also completely changed and looks different. And it sucks, you know, but again, it's not for us. It's for a new generation of Sonic fans. Um, but it's disappointing because it could have been something for us, something we could have enjoyed as well. And that is it for your uh, regular podcast sort of situation. However, we are going to talk about our game of the week. So let me check Twitter real quick in case I, I don't think I have any. Uh, I think, don't think anybody asked me any questions since I started the podcast about an hour ago. Nope. No one did, but that's okay. Um, oh, boy. No one likes me. That's okay. We're going to talk about our video game of the week, everybody. Desert Strike. So Desert Strike, I'm, I have it on the Sega Genesis. When I was growing up, I had an NES we sold it to a neighbor. We bought our Sega Genesis. Never had a Super Nintendo. So a lot of the games that I talk about are going to be Genesis games because that's what I had as a kid. I later came to appreciate the Super Nintendo quite a bit, but the Genesis was my jam. And then I went from the Genesis to buying my own PlayStation 1. So I've always been a, a, a going where I felt the elite experience was. Now, arguably, I had to go in and have these with my brother on a Genesis. 
I don't know why we got a Genesis over Super Nintendo. I couldn't tell you. But it's probably because I had the X-Men game on it. Because I was a huge X-Men fan, and it didn't matter what else. I just had to have X-Men. But anyway, let's talk about Desert Strike. So I'm playing it on the Sega Genesis. Desert Strike is an isometric view helicopter game. So by isometric view, it's kind of like that aerial angled view. Think like Diablo or or um, something similar to that, you know? And Desert Strike, you, you play as a helicopter. <laughs> so you fly around as a helicopter doing missions. It had kind of like this old choplifter feel because you actually, some issues would have you rescuing people. So you'd have to like blow up a building and you'd like grab a package. Like you'd refill ammo, you'd refill life, repair, stuff like that. Um, and it had realistic damage. Like you'd be shooting like a, like, like a building and, and all of a sudden a hole would show up in the building. And you could blow up random buildings and like look for supplies, like I said, like ammo and other stuff like that. And it was really, really fun. And then there were some missions like you had to rescue somebody. So you had to pick up, uh, you had to pick up people instead of that. Uh, it was great. And then there were some missions, I think, that were like a payload where you had to pick it up and then carry that somewhere else and protect it. Stuff like that. You had rockets, guns. It was just really cool. It was really fun. Controls were kind of weird to get used to. Once you got used to them, they were fine. It spawned subsequently two sequels and multiple spinoffs, uh, as in uh, Game Boy versions. Uh, the sequel is called Jungle Strike which I'll probably talk about someday, even though it's really the same game, just takes place in the jungle. And then lastly, they came out with Urban Strike. Urban Strike is basically the same thing, except it takes place in uh, in Urbania. No, I'm just kidding. It takes place in urban uh, residence in cities and such. The first one, Desert Strike, is called Desert Strike Return to the Gulf. So uh, this came out in, like, 92. So this is... This is hard of like Gulf War territory, so they weren't uh, they weren't shying away from the real life conflicts at the time. Um, it had you know cutscenes and everything. It's just a really fun game, really fun little helicopter game. If you're into such things, um, it was a good time. So thank you, as everyone, check it out, Desert Strike. Um, thank you everybody, as always, for listening and watching. If you're watching this on YouTube and you want to subscribe on iTunes, or if you're listening on SoundCloud and want to subscribe, uh, subscribe on iTunes, go to the podcast app or go to the iTunes store. And look for Game Talk Radio. Look for the little Mega Man sprite wearing a, wearing my shirt. A uh, little red and green, sh- uh, black shirt with red and green logo. That's Game Talk Radio. That's me. We're uh, episode 112 or something, I think, this week. is wild. I've been going for over two years now. It's hard to believe. Like it doesn't. I don't know where the time goes sometimes. But uh, if you listen to this on iTunes, though, and you want to support us on YouTube, we could really use any subs or, or thumbs up or comments in our YouTube videos. We're trying to grow. We're... Uh, we're at 41, we're over 4,100 subs now. We're just that climb to 5,000. And after that's the climb to six, seven, eight, nine, and then 10. And once you hit 10, you really start to get uh, recognized and shown in the YouTube algorithm. So just a slow climb doing what we do almost halfway to our, our initial goal of, of 10,000. So we're just, gonna, we're just doing our thing. Jordan's doing his, his gameplay videos, but you can go to youtube.com slash drop rate. Look for the yellow and gray DR logo. That's us. You, uh, we do a uh, drop cast, which is a, a video game news and what we've played sort of all general admission podcast on uh, on Twitch live every Monday night. We do that uh, around 7 p.m. Central Time. And uh, that's kind of what I say is uh, Greg Unplugged. Um, that's usually me after a long day of work and I don't have the filter on. I don't have the uh, I don't have the game store filter on. Uh, I just kind of speak my mind. Uh, and uh, I let it flow, drop some F-bombs here and there. It's not for the kids. Uh, it's not for the kids. This one I try to keep really PG, so you can listen to it at work, you can listen to it in, in the car in front of the kids if you want, you know. Um, probably shouldn't, <laughs> but you could if you wanted to. I, I very rarely ever drop uh, drop any, any hard words. But anyway, as always, we just really appreciate any support. Sharing it, you know, if you, if you like it, share it on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, at GameTradeGreg with two Gs at the end. Um, I always tweet out the YouTube clips, 
uh, and everything. But I'm going to tweet out the podcast probably today because I want to get a little more love here. I actually like the podcast format best. The YouTube videos and the comments are eh. But uh, I actually enjoy the podcast format because you get the full, like, flow of the show and everything. So thank you, everybody, as always, for listening and watching. Thank you for participating. Please shoot me a tweet, um, or you can email us at dropratetest at gmail.com. That's our uh, drop rate email. Send us an email there. If you have a question, too, you can shoot me an email. Um, you can message our Facebook page. We got the drop rate on Facebook. Again, just look for that DR logo. Uh, you can message us through YouTube, I think. Just comment on a video. Who cares? I see all that stuff. So just let us know. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a good day. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>